Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. G'day and welcome back to the Farms Advice Podcast where we talk everything agribusiness. I hope your week's off to a flying start and you're plowing into some work at home. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and pass it on to another farmer down the road. I'm sure they'll be able to get some value out of it. Share a screenshot of where you're listening and tag at Farms Advice and we'll share it to our community as well. Now, on this week's show, we have Stu Adam. He's come from the media and journalism side and launched into the deep end of ag tech within Australian agriculture. He is a co-founder of Agronomite alongside his partner, Tim. Stu and Tim have approached the industry in the best way possible. That's what I think, but I'm sure you'll agree as well. By actually asking farmers what they want, what their problems are, and what solution they're most likely to be able to implement on the ground level. I won't take up any more time as we get a bird's eye view with Stu from Agronomite. Welcome back to the Farms Advice Podcast. Today on the show, we have Stu Adam. Stu, how are you going, mate? Very well, Jack. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on. We're diving into like ag tech to join, join farmers to companies like yourself. Can you just introduce yourself at Agronomai and what you're doing? Yeah, so my name's Stu Adam, uh, the CEO and co-founder of Agronomai, my fellow co-founder Tim Howe as well. So um, we started the company about five years ago. Um, it uh, It's taken a couple of iterations uh, as the businesses often do, especially in ag tech. And uh, where we're at now is basically trying to advocate and push for the digitization of entire farming systems. So uh, if we can create digital assets or digital versions of a real asset, um, then we're going to be in a much uh, better position to make a whole range of decisions and engage in different markets. So, I mean, everyone talks about digital agriculture, but the, the one thing that's missing, we feel, is that um, that full landscape view um, at high resolution that can be used in, in many different ways and sort of like a modern blueprint that your top draw data set that will be used time and time again. So a digital asset at the end of the day, really. Yeah, so something that you can refer back to 
make a decision off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got you know we don't we don't farm in, in 2D, and a lot of the imagery and a lot of the um, information we're getting is 2D imagery. So we're trying to go further and actually look through just at a rather than just looking at using imagery for a field level, look at imagery and its capability. If you're capturing in high resolution, uh, looking at that capability for the entire farming system. So let's digitize the entire boundary of the farm, um, look at every single aspect that you can and, and look at that way in which we can um, use data many different times. I mean, a lot of businesses in the imagery space around that repeat capture, what we're saying is, well, if you can get a look at the farm at the right time of the year, you can actually have a fundamental foundational data set that everything else can kind of be referred back to and you can kind of build on top of that. And that anything that can be digitized will be digitized. And I don't think farming is any exception. It's just a, a few challenges around the, the farming systems and um, the ag sector, which means it's a little tougher to get off the ground, so to speak. But um, uh, once it's there, and I think it's, it's definitely coming, uh, the benefits will be uh, pretty impressive. Absolutely. And it's always like working through and reiterating what you're working on, you yourself as a company, but like also on the farmer's end as well. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the, it iterates all the time. We're always looking for that that constant feedback and understanding, you know, what are the, the, the problems on a day-to-day, -day, but also what are the industry problems for, you know, the, the sector as a whole to engage in, say, compliance or within, you know, the carbon markets, for example, right? Like that's, yeah. that's something that there's so much smoke at the moment. We, we can't quite see the fire, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. So um, how do you enable growers on a smaller scale to engage in some of those markets and do some of those reporting? We always hear that reporting in carbon markets is a, is a real challenge for those small landholders. So um, how about we give them the tools to accurately report through digital means, which means that it's a, a pretty um, free-flowing um, transfer of data to the right people so we can actually, you know, be talking the same language and, accept, you know, through digital means, we can actually, you know, overcome some of these barriers to adoption. It definitely will. It sounds amazing what you're doing. But before we get down to agribusiness, can you just introduce your background and how you got yourself into agronomite? Yeah, so I come from uh, a non-agricultural background when I first got into this. I was um, working as a TV producer. So I um, come from a media background, um, initially a journalist and then in TV production. Um, I was working at Fox Sports as my last gig, actually working with uh, the Matty yeah. John show. And I had yeah. a good time with, with those guys in, uh, in, in making some, some TV and some content. So um, yeah, great job. And uh, my business partner, Tim, co-founder, uh, he was a commercial airline pilot. Um, and I suppose five years ago, there was a, a little bit of noise around drones. They were starting to become more mainstream. Uh, not so mainstream that you could just go to Kmart and buy something, but um, yeah. We, uh, we, we just were exploring the, the space, essentially, just seeing whether there's a fit in a number of different industries. Um, obviously, with my production background, um, that was a, a, a neat fit. So we started to use drones with uh, sports so we could provide live broadcast to, to Fox Sports. Um, so we fly drones around outside stadiums and, and produce that broadcast into the into their produce those pictures into their broadcast um, and pretty quickly realized that you know we had a, a unique set of skills that was kind of limited or you know not limited our skills weren't limited but our ability to sort of um, make the most of them was limited in, in broadcast you know taking a pretty picture how can we use these for more of a tool um, myself and Tim have a lot of connections in in the ag space actually um, one of them was uh, Craig Davies who's the, the mayor of Narromine out there and uh, had a beer with him at a, at a wedding and had a yarn and talking about what we were doing and 
invited us out to the, the pub at Trangy and sat down with a whole group of growers and agronomists and um, sort of basically understood what it, trying to understand their problems and, and the limitations with imagery and, and how drones could potentially play a part. Um, you know, five years ago, drones were going to be the silver bullet. So uh, there was some pretty obvious solutions, but um, there was some less obvious problems that didn't um, make themselves evident until we stepped out into the field and started to, to look at it. Um, you know, scale and, and delivering, you know, at, at scale and repeat data sets, um, obviously, was, was a challenge when you're looking at Australian ag. Um, but that was just the general sort of natural progression. And as we started and tried to understand the problems, we saw that there was a, a fit potentially for imagery and high resolution imagery. Um, and then I suppose once we started to commit, that was the, the last time it rained before this recent um, uh, rain that we've had in Australia, but that was sort of back in 20. 15 when there was a bit of bit of rain around and since then it, it didn't rain so we had four years and it was pretty obvious what was wrong with a cotton crop there was no water so um you didn't really need a drone that was fairly expensive um sort of to come and deploy to tell you what was wrong with your crop you know so um and that just got us thinking you know if we're going to start to you know send drones across uh, landscapes and data sets are only useful for you know a couple of days before they get tossed out then you know, there's got to be more intrinsic value in that resolution of data. If you're going to spend that much time and effort to, to send a drone and capture the imagery, well, how can we sort of look at it differently? And that was how we kind of got to the landscape view. Um, and with the drought being as, you know, uh, impactful negatively as it was, it was, well, then how can we use that, that fundamental data set of the farm, that 3D data view, and, and look at algorithms that can be run? And we ended up um, talking with SIRO. Um, and the guys at Data61 and Ag and Food, and um, we've been using an algorithm that um, shows you where water flows across the entire farm. So we can do complete uh, water models across the landscape that would then be uh, used for um, you know, water use efficiency. So how can we help design um, dam catchment locations? Where are we getting erosion risks? Where should contours go in? Uh, how can we move water if there's water logging? So it was kind of that neat fit and progression, whole, whole farm view high resolution model. The reason to do that is the water flow analysis. And then the um, after that, once you've got that foundational data, um, what other ways can you look at that data to help you with your, your business, your farming business and decision-making and you know, adding context by adding other data sets. So yeah, I mean, that's sort of the progression that we got to. And um, it took about five years. It took a couple of crash drones, um, spending, you know, five hours, five hours walking through a sorghum crop looking for a, a a fixed wing drone that had gone down and yeah. you know it was a lot of understanding why drones weren't the best tool for crop health imagery necessarily in a lot of instances and then yeah kind of going through just standing out in the field standing out in 40 degree heat and we war with 50k an hour winds um, getting hammered by dust when there's a drought just you know this isn't the, the way forward there's got to be a different way to look at this and that was sort of how how our hand was forced and where we got to now and yeah, so it's it's the best thing that to us was sort of like that that learn, iterate, learn, iterate cycle uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, great stuff. So when you initially went out to Trangy and talked to farmers, that was like your yeah. getting feedback, finding out what the problem was so you can come up with a solution? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's always been the lot. Like, um, don't own a farm, um, not from a farm originally, but ability to form relationships with those guys out on the farm, whether it's a grower or agronomist advisor, whoever it might be, and understanding what those problems were was step one, you know, like first principles. 
Can we go and talk to the guys on the ground, understand what their issues are, uh, and then uh, build a solution to fix that problem? Let's not go and try and build something in isolation and then try and take it to the market and expect the market to adopt it. You know, like you know, a farmer's got a million different things they've got to do in their day, you know, carving off a couple of hours to make sure that they can adopt your piece of technology is just the last thing on the list. So if you've got a square peg going into a round hole in a massive system, um, it's not going to work. Uh, but if you can carve that square peg into a round hole and let the system keep moving and just better that system, then um, then you're going to have a bit more success. And it was just about learning. You know, I sat in, sat in headers, you know, did soil testing, um, went through from cotton to vineyards, all like just spent time on the ground, just travelled, spent time on the ground, listened, learned, uh, and then sort of iterated with those those guys that we form relationships with. And, you know, that's some of those guys that we, we met in training, or a number of them. Um, you know, we talk, we talk to them on a, a weekly basis today. So, um, yeah, they're some of the most valuable uh, discussions and, you know, some of the most enjoyable time I've had in, in this start was, you know, starry-eyed, talking to the growers and sort of learning and learning and learning and, um, yeah, had a bit of an up and down journey since then, but uh, yeah, absolutely critical and still exactly the focus of the business and what we do. Yeah, 100%. Well, like I was surprised how many companies are actually forcing solutions onto farmers without actually listening to their problems. So it's good to see that you hit the ground running just to talk with farmers and their feedback. How, like working with a grown of mine, how does it work for a farmer? I sign up and then do you come out to the farm? Yeah, so what we do is we deploy, once you've agreed that, you know, or once you've seen the value in agronomy and you see um, a way forward, what we'll do is we'll send a, a, far, a plane out or, or a drone if it's a smaller smaller plot of land. Yeah. Um, we'll send a, um, a unit out to capture the data. Sometimes the data already exists, which is a, is a good thing. Um, but if that doesn't exist, we send the plane out, capture the data. So whether that's, you know, photogrammetry, so taking thousands of photos as the plane flies overhead, and then converting that into a, um, you know, a two and a half or three D model um, with the imagery, or using lidar, for example, lidar is a really valuable um, sort of next gen sort of data capture um, capability to, you know, to capture these really rich models. Process those models. We then uh, digitize or you know, uh, classify the entire farm, so we can identify every single tree. We'll give every tree on the farm an ID. Um, we do roads, buildings, dams, fields, all that sort of stuff. That's a really important step to make sure we classify the entire farming system. Uh, and then we run an algorithm over the top of it um, with our partnership with CSIRO where we can track flow of water across the landscape. So you get your, your 3D model, the classification of all the features and the water model. Uh, and then we deliver that to you just through an online application. So um, obviously, the, the, some of those data sets are really technical uh, and really chunky. So sending data around is not practical. So we just host it on the cloud. And then you just get a login through your, what are the web provider you, you, you choose? It's just a tab on your, on, your, um, on your browser. Log in and you've now, essentially, you've logging into your farm. You're logging into that really rich 3D version of your farm that you can, you know, throw an analysis at. Um, and then from there, it's about... You know, you can start to do measurements, whether that's cut and fill assessments to assess the feasibility, um, share that information with people that might not be, you know, in your local area that you want consultants to come and have a look at. You can use it for real estate purposes. Um, if you're selling a property, uh, you can use it for compliance as well. Um, so basically, once you have that login and you can share that with anyone, so, you know, whether it's over a, a Zoom or a Skype or anything like we're doing now and just share that screen and, um, yeah, away you go. Good stuff. So... When you're flying the drone over, is that remote or you're 
on property, on farm? Um, a drone's on property uh, yep. and then a plane is remote. So with those smaller landholders, you can get much more rich data and much more cost effective from a drone. And that's where they have their, their fit. And then once you get it to scale, it's about using the planes and the planes will just go from a local airport uh, and out and get up in the air and, and rip into it and do that sort of lawnmower pattern, pick up the data, send it to us, process it, create the models, and then run all the, the analysis off the back of it. It's that sort of capture, analyze, deliver business model. Yeah, excellent. So for farmers, what's the benefits of mapping your farm versus not mapping? We're coming into more digital. What can a farmer gain from it? Yeah, so I guess, you know, that idea that I've floated, you know, across this conversation is that if you've got a digital version of something, you're better yeah. off than not, right? Who knows exactly what the paths you're going to take to, to you know, gain benefit, um, which is also a challenging conversation. You know, you have what is the direct ROI? Well, you know, two different farmers on the same plot of land might have different ways in which they interact or they want to do things uh, and the ways in which they will sort of realise the benefits will differ. But if you have that digital version of the asset, it's up to you essentially. Um, so, you know, whether, like I said before, doing um, financial feasibilities on sort of developments of farms, and that's what we're trying to do is help farmers fundamentally improve their landscape. You know, sometimes it's more about putting a, a variable rate application of a input down. And sometimes it's about sort of mitigating that problem from the base level, the fundamental level, and that's the asset. So that's that encouragement to try and help them improve their asset fundamentally, but then also open them up to all these different other channels, like I've mentioned, whether that's through um, audit for carbon or natural capital purposes, um, compliance, ease of use for reporting, um, sharing of information across, you know, time and space. You've got, you know, the best consultant in a particular farming system might not be the guy that's, you know, in your local area. It might be someone that's sort of a long way away and that tyranny of distance can get shortened very quickly um, by using digital means. So um, there's a range of different cases. A lot of what we do is focused on the water piece. So trying to help farmers make more informed decisions and give them clarity and confidence that the decision that they're making um, is the right one. And a lot of what we do is we'll show a grower um, their farm um, we'll you know, put all that data in place and, and share it with them and that'll give them that confidence. It's not so much that there's a huge light bulb that goes on that you know, sets them on this completely different path, but more that that is a, a confidence go, no go. And I don't think that that's you know, generally what ag tech should be setting out to do, which is take a, you know, a grow from where they are today and fundamentally change everything they do, but give them the tools to do better. And I think that that's, you know, at the core, what agronomy is trying to do is that you didn't have this information before, you now have that info, is that decision that you're going to make still valid? And if it is, then awesome. Now you've got that clarity and confidence to commit, go and make it happen. And if there's some data there that says, oh, maybe that's not the right decision, well, then you've mitigated that error or, you know, you're further along the path than you were previously. I think that's great. But like touching back onto carbon, the, one of the speakers I had previously, Stuart Austin, he just linked up with Microsoft for carbon credits. How, like further down the track, how, can, how would we be able to measure carbon like storing of carbon to become the net zero by 2050 or even earlier? Yeah, look, I think the digital technologies have a massive role to play, right? Like I think yeah. that, that um, and that fundamental assessment of the landscape is is really critical. So what is the farm uh, at, at a given point in time? Like let's benchmark farms really accurately with rich data. Yeah. Um, so getting a look at the landscape and what that water does, and then how can you then decide on where a carbon project might be best suited on your property? 
um, and that's just through rich data sets like Agronomy can provide. How can we benchmark for how many native trees are on the property? What are the heights of those trees? You know, all that really detailed information about benchmarking of properties. Because then once we have those measurement tools, then we can actually take a, a pretty significant step forward in some of those markets. I think that what we're seeing at the moment is, um, you know, the institutions and these people that want to buy these carbon credits uh, and you've got the bigger landholders which can kind of afford it, but these smaller landholders don't have the tools or the capability to sort of cross that bridge through measurement um, capabilities in a, in a you know, economic way. Yeah. Obviously, you can have people go out there and measure every tree, but that's not going to be economic when you have to, you know, yeah, recoup no those costs. No. So how can we use really simple tools that you're using for another purpose and get all these other co-benefits out of? And I think that's where Agronomy comes in and sort of can help. Uh, it's not going to be the, the silver bullet that changes everything, but I think it's going to be a, a significant step forward to enable people to engage in those measurement tools and making sure that those tools are accredited. Uh, this is the way that they've been captured. This is what they're telling you. Uh, and then having partners that can then sort of push that data through to um, the regulators to say, well, yep, you get this many carbon credits because of these measurements. Uh, and then we're now into that market. And at the moment, like I said, I keep going back to it, but those smaller landholders um, struggle in that space because they're just not, they don't have the measurement tools and the, the corporates aren't going to forgive them for that. They're going to want to see it. They're going to want to know what the hard fast sort of numbers are so they can have protection. So that's sort of, I think, where the measurement of, you know, these digital measurements will come into play. Yeah, that's it. If we as farmers can't actually supply the corporates that are wanting to offset their credits so we can benefit, they're not going to go to someone that doesn't have the measurements or whatnot, and they're not going to wait six months for you to go measure trees. No, exactly right. So if you've already got something, that sort of top draw data set, that digital version of your, your real asset, then that digital asset can start to tell you things about the farm that are really important for these sorts of markets and can advance that that forward and you know you combine that with other other means you know the, obviously the soil testing and some of the technologies in that space are coming out so you can you know take that information that spatial data you get from those um those servers and put them in context of your farm by overlaying that data in 3d so you can start to see trends and relationships between elevation water um, type, all that sort of stuff becomes far more rich when you have these um, this digital foundation to, to build on top of. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good one, connecting up the relationship of, of the water and the different other elements to bring it all together into one so you can make a bit better decision than you would without it. So yeah, context. Context, that's it. So for Agronomai, what, what type of farmers are using it? Are we like Cropping, livestock, uh, mixed? Yeah, um, everything, right? So yep. we've got um, farmers that are sort of broad acre ag. Uh, we've got clients that are in, um, you know, really hilly livestock country. Uh, we've got vineyards, um, irrigated growers in northern New South Wales. So, uh, yeah, it's, I think any farmer has the capacity to benefit from agronomy, which is really exciting for us as a business. Yep. Um, it is, yeah, like I say, if you, you know, once you digitise that ag, agricultural asset, um, yeah, it doesn't matter, I guess, that we're talking about here. It's, it's all of them. So uh, we see benefits, you know, you'd see in, um, say, really hilly livestock country around water flows, sort of mitigate erosion, so stopping that land from degrading. Um, or in irrigated country, is that water, you know, efficiently moving from one end of the field to the other and is that sort of irrigation um, optimised? So at either ends of the spectrum, you get value there. 
yeah, definitely when you're looking at a paddock for like water flow, if you can change that by a couple of percent and increase the efficiency on that, you could save tens of thousands later in the track, especially for irrigators. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've done some work with guys up in Weewa, um, the Carl family up there looking at doing some redesign of, of fields that were done from 1970 when um, the first generation set up the farm and the way that that was done was inefficient. So taking a portion of the data set and analysing that, understanding, you know, what does the, the new most optimised um, system look like and how much earth needs to be moved to get there uh, and then kind of doing cut fill analysis to then take to your earthworks contractor, get a quote, make sure you've got that financial feasibility that you're going to be in front after you've done a project as opposed to sort of on the edge or behind. Great stuff. So for like on the end of drought, did you do any remodeling for farmers looking to improve their line of water course to capture water for livestock or for runoff? Yes. So we've um, we've got a couple of um, of clients that are in that space, and a yep. lot of it is around trying to you know prevent that that erosion from happening, so their water um, for their livestock isn't compromised by a lot of topsoil running off, all that type of stuff. Uh, and then understanding you know where the contours that they put in are they still working? Are they efficient? Is there any breakages? Are we getting any uh, inefficiencies in that space? So. Um, yeah, we've done a we've done a bit of mapping off the, the back of you know obviously the impact of the drought. Um, so yeah, that that is definitely a focus for people to now see the impact that it had and how can they sort of use digital tools to mitigate that that risk down the line. How can they prevent us from going into drought earlier and coming out of drought sooner? Because those those um, those impacts are, as we know, as we keep hearing, are, are going to keep keep coming at us. So how can we use tools to to throw that knowledge and give us confidence that what we're doing is the right thing going forward? Or the landscape, and like I said, fundamentally improving the landscape. Unless we're fundamentally improving that landscape, those problems are going to keep rearing their head, uh, and that's sort of what we're trying to do: is cut off that, cut off that cause. Yeah, definitely. And looking at the sustainability of farming, it's a big topic of late, um, and then improving that for the next ten years, you can really start to enhance your own property. Yeah, absolutely, and. and Again, it's about that context. You know, one piece of data isn't necessarily the right, um, not that it's not the right piece of data to use to make yep. a decision, but when you have that context and you have that information stack and you've got that really detailed look at the farm and the way the water moves, and then you can see these relationships being pretty well evident through imagery. And then from there, you can start to take that that next step in the process. If you don't, you know, from first principle, I know the first principle of the problem, then you're going to sort of probably run up against an ill-informed decision at some point along the line. Maybe that won't bite you in the ass down the track, but maybe it will better off with it than without it. Yeah, 100%. So for Agronomite, for yourself and Tim, what's the next big project coming up? Um, the next big project, there's some, some I can't talk about, which is yep. a good thing, talking with some, um, dealing with some, some big organisations and some pretty lofty goals that we've got to sort of digitise some pretty significant chunks of land in Australia um, and sort of trying to run this, these data sets at scale. I think if we can create um, create scale around the business, so like I said, the heavy lifting of capturing the data makes it a real challenge. Um, but if we can do that at scale and tap some of these existing data pools, then we're going to be able to significantly progress the business and offer you know this impact to a really targeted set of farmers that will be able to give us that feedback and create those use cases 
that will demonstrate that value in really tangible ways. So that's the next step is to sort of take this from where it is and early adopters to the, to the next phase and um, sort of ride that wave of all this convergence of, um, say, whether it's around the carbon or whether it's around water use efficiency and, you know, drought relief and all that sort of stuff uh, and prove that agronomy has a really valuable fit in that and show the ways in which the, our, our early adopters and then our second wave and next wave of, of clients are really gaining benefit because um, early signs are really positive and that's why we're in this position to sort of have some of these projects that I can't say too much about now, but um, hopefully we'll be able to, um, you know, push into the market really, really soon and, and, you know, with impact. I think it's all about impact, right? Like we've got to be able to prove that this works for a lot of people and it's about making it available to the, the larger market um, in Australia because we're all experiencing a lot of the same problems. Um, in the ag market. So if we can kind of create a solution that helps um, those core problems, then, um, yeah, I see a pretty good future for us and, you know, our clients as well. This is all about making it better for the clients. Then uses the, the absolute um, pinnacle for us and we never forget it. Actually, it sounds like you're a bit like a, a duck through the water, still up top, but paddling mad down below. I don't think that ever stops, does it? No, not at all. But, like, for you guys... For, like you've just been hit by a good four-year drought you've been going for five years i don't think you've seen the best of it yet so sounds like you're really no, hitting the mark cool. there yeah absolutely i hope that's the way and i mean starting 2021 has been a you know a real breath of fresh air with some of this support we've had some funding for the business as well which is which is important for ag tech startups i mean there's really long sales cycles as well so that expectation that you're going to put something in the market it's just going to go uh, and then all your financial um, problems will be solved it's just you know for us especially and i think for a lot of guys that we talk to and we deal with a lot of ag tech companies we're very big on collaboration that's just not the case so the expectation of really long cycles and having some support financially behind us um, and then showing that value to our you know big project partners uh, means that this year has been great. So hopefully you're right and that the last four years has been a, you know, a hard slog, but we're starting to sort of reap some of those rewards and take a bit of that, that day-to-day pressure off as well. Definitely. Well, it's great to get some consistency. I hope it's looking green outside at the moment, so hopefully we can get a good follow-on from that. At least a year or two of good rain yeah. would be decent. Would you? Absolutely. Well, Stuart, thank you for coming on the podcast today. It's great to have you on. One question I ask all guests is who else would you like to hear on the pod, Farm to Rise podcast and why? Um, I guess uh, coming from an ag tech lens, I'd like to talk to or hear from farmers that have actually implemented some technologies and seen the benefits, right? Like yep. I think that we've got we to praise those early adopters and hear their stories because, um, uh, you know, rising tide lifts all boats in my opinion. And um, if we can hear about guys that have interacted with ag tech, had success and, you know, got those tangible results. I'd love to hear from them, mate. So if you can keep beating the beating the drum for, for this part of the sector and, and telling the good news stories because they're out there, mate, I'd, I'd love to hear them. Absolutely. Well, I'm pushing for adapt and adopt. If it doesn't work for you, um, pass it on and then try find another thing. There's a lot of great ag tech out there, but you just got to implement it and then find out how it's working. Um, and there's a lot of free trials yourself. Do you have something going for agronomite for coming on board how can people sign up to you um yeah look you can just reach out to us um we've got some um obviously at at, at agronomite and at uh yeah at agronomite at twitter um and then you can just hit me as well um stew at agronomite.com.au 
Um, we can have those discussions around um, how it might work for you and your farm, uh, whether you're a small landholder or you know, some of the, the bigger operators up in Queensland, Northern Territory, we're doing work with everyone. So um, if you just want to learn more, always open for a chat. Um, and then yeah, as some of these projects unroll, we'll, uh, we'll start to hit certain sections of the market and you'll hear more from us. Definitely and start getting that data stacked, but not only just like storing your data and using it to be better off in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, and, and we're patient, right? I think that everyone has to be in this space. Um, patience is, is key, but you know, having a really targeted way forward is, is, is the most important. That's it. Well, say g'day to Tim for me. We'll have to meet you further on down the line, but it's great to have you on the show today, mate. Beauty Jack, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Farm Spice podcast. I hope you've got some value out of it. I know it's great to have Stu on today. He's a different type of ag tech that we've had on the show. So it's great to have diversity throughout. So thanks Stu for coming on the show. Really good to have you, mate. And don't forget to listen to our weekly wraps. Been a bit lackluster, but we'll get there and we'll try to get one out every week at the end of the week. So like, comment and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Farms Advice for further motivation to grow your agribusiness. See you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.